When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. So for silver and gold owners, there's a lot of reasons to be bullish right now. And I'm not talking about just short-term, medium-term. I'm talking long-term. The the fundamentals for silver and gold are are fairly strong. And maybe even more importantly, the long-term fundamentals for nearly every other major asset class out there, bonds, stocks, uh, currency included, are, are... pretty weak. Fundamentals are pretty weak for all of those asset classes. And so there's plenty of different reasons, different storylines to follow for for why I or so many other people choose to buy silver and gold as an investment as well as a a way to to hedge, hedge with our, our money, hedge with our wealth. Whether it has to do with supply and demand concerns in the future, the collapse of fiat currency, uh, a black swan event, a financial collapse, on and on and on. However, the metaphorical holy grail for silver and gold owners is some sort of a return to a silver and gold standard where, once again, our currency that we, we use right now, which is a fiat currency, would once again be linked to a real asset, actually linked to silver and gold. Currently, that's obviously not the case. The U.S. dollar was officially removed from the gold standard in uh, 1973 by Richard Nixon. Uh, Before that, it had already lost a fair bit of its uh, connection to gold. Uh, However... That was sort of the, the final straw for, for any sort of gold-backed dollar. And of course, originally it was promised that there wouldn't be any real blowback. There wouldn't be any real repercussions of that. However, in the 70s and, and since then, we've experienced a, a fair bit of inflation. Um, now, it is true that many fiat currencies and, and the governments that, that print them and issue them do own quite a bit of gold. Allegedly, the U.S. has a very large pile of gold, as does many European countries. Uh, China, of course, has a huge pile of gold, uh, and, and Russia does as well, especially relative to their relatively small currency. However, it's in no way backed by it. You could say that, that in theory there's a backing, that there's a certain percentage of the total amount of currency in circulation that is backed by gold in these individual countries. But the key difference between what we had in the past, a gold standard or a silver standard, a bimetallic standard, if you will, the key difference is that there's no convertibility. In the past, there was. Hey, in the past, I mean, there was actual gold and silver currency in circulation, not just notes, not just bills, but but actual coins, silver and gold coins in, in most countries for most of Let's be honest, most of recorded human history. I mean, silver and gold have been used as money for thousands of years. In fact, it's only been in the last couple decades that that has 
been severed. Not to say that it hasn't in the past before that. There's plenty of stories going back hundreds and hundreds of years where, uh, thousands of years, even to the Roman Empire, where that link to some extent was broken. Either the the, the uh, amount of silver or gold in, in the coins was uh, diluted or countries attempted to, to basically print their ways out of wars or crises, whatever. But it's only been in the last couple of decades that we've seen every major world currency around the world essentially move off of some sort of metallic standard. And so the question is, will we ever get back a gold and silver standard? And and I want to start off with, with giving you my opinion on it uh, for what it's worth and then sort of give you the two different sides to it. And, and I'll start off by saying this. I'll start off with my opinion. I, I'm very pessimistic about it for, for two different reasons. First of all, I'm pessimistic that even with a crisis, even with a, a global inflationary crisis, the collapse of many fiat currencies, etc., that the powers that be that currently wield power and most of the world's central banks are going to give up that power that they've basically uh, uh, wielded for, for many decades now, or even longer than that, the power of, of the printing presses. It's an incredible amount of power that, power that the Fed or the People's Bank of China, the Bank of Japan, etc., that they wield with those tools to, to print money, to control interest rates, etc. And and doing those things is, is pretty difficult. You, you can't just print money willy-nilly when the the currency is backed by silver or gold, right? And so I'm pessimistic that even in a major inflationary crisis that somehow they would completely give up that power. We can be hopeful. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't fight that battle when the time comes or even now, but I think that some semblance of that power is still going to be held by these by these elite, by these um by these individuals, these organizations, etc. Maybe not as much. I think they're going to lose a fair bit of legitimacy. But I think that after this this inflationary crisis that I'm talking about, where many of the world's major fiat currencies are, are reduced to, to just a small fraction of what they're currently worth, I, I tend to think that, yeah, we're going to get something new, but it's probably not going to be uh, a gold or silver-backed currency. Rather, I, I would be—I think it'd be more likely to see uh, some sort of a, a potentially worldwide currency. Uh, you can call it the one-world currency if you want to. Um, some sort of a basket currency potentially. Uh, you could see many countries switch to a, a sort of national domestic currency, as well as a sort of an international type of currency. Think of like two different dollars, two different yuan, whatever. Um, and I think there's going to be a certain element of of cryptocurrency. And I don't even think that's going to be a, an appropriate word, but some sort of a digital, more digital based currency that we're going to be shifting to. I think that a lot of the the past publications by by central banks, by the IMF, by the BIS would suggest that that's the direction we're heading. Which sort of brings me to the second reason why I'm doubtful that a gold and silver standard will return. And that is that, well, 
we're in the 21st century. Look, I don't think that because we have supercomputers and, and we can send people into space and, and, and you know, think of all the other marvels of, of today's technology, um, the internet, uh, globalization, all that, that somehow silver and gold are, are worthless because of that. I mean, that I wouldn't be talked about this if I, if I thought that was the case. However, we have advanced quite a bit. And I think that silver and gold as a currency, I think will be viewed by many, not myself, but viewed by many as just not being worth the trouble. And it sounds kind of lazy, and I would agree that it is, um, but it's just not worth the trouble. Now, obviously, I don't think if we ever return to our gold or silver standard that that everyone would be doing trade with, with gold and silver coins. That's not really what I'm saying. I'm, I'm more so talking about a backed currency. Um, but even that, I think people would say that it's just too prone to, to problems, whether it's um, too much silver and gold being dumped in a market or be con- being constrained by by uh, production of silver and gold or or, or whatever. You're, you're even, you know, here in the United States, right? Uh, how many central bankers, economists, politicians, etc., would would automatically be against some sort of standard because, you know, as it stands right now, um, a lot of the cards, i.e. the gold and the silver, are held by countries like Russia and China or India, right? Um, that could be reason enough to say that it's too inconvenient and we'll stick with something digital-based and, and essentially fiat-based. Uh, I think... Now, now I don't think that making some sort of a bimetallic standard should be automatically automatically out the window because using gold and silver coins for for global trade or something would be a little clunky. It would be a little clunky to make those types of trades in today's uh, day of of, of um, uh, globalization and and modern digital money transfer and whatnot. But it doesn't mean you can't have a backed currency. But I think that that's going to be the, the opinion by many. So I'm pessimistic for those two reasons. With that being said, there is some reason to have hope. But before I even talk about why uh, you know there's, there's a potential for, for some sort of a standard in the, the, the future, uh, I, I want to say this first. It doesn't necessarily matter. Now... I mean, for gold and silver stackers, I, I want to make this thing, I want to make this abundantly clear, even for those that, that maybe don't own silver and gold or, and, and are just curious about this or just watch this video because it was suggested or something, listen to this podcast. We don't necessarily just want a gold and silver standard because it would benefit us financially, our own in, individual finances. Many. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. of us are looking for a gold and silver standard because of the benefits to to broader society. As I said before, today's ruling class wields an incredible amount of power, largely through government, 
to some extent through corporations as well. The two, I think, in many ways work uh, together. You know, I think in many ways what we have today could be described as a corporatocracy. I mean, look no further than things like that, the military-industrial complex or the prison-industrial complex, the intelligent intelligence-industrial uh, complex, if you want to call it that. I don't know if that's a term yet. But but there is a fair bit of power wielded by CEOs, by by congressmen and women, by by all sorts of different politicians, diplomats, etc. Okay, and largely all of that power is is only there in the first place because they, they have a lot of money behind it. I mean, what would the U.S. military, for example, be without a huge amount of funding? I mean, what if what if the U.S. military, their funding over the last 30 years was a tenth of what it's been? They'd have a fair bit less power. <laughs> Same thing goes for, hey, like, t- take this for example, right? We're talking about impeachment hearings right now. I don't know when you'll be watching this, but right now these, these impeachment hearings are going on in the House of Representatives here in the U.S. And they're talking about this massive foreign aid package to Ukraine, quid pro quo, and et cetera. And I don't want to get into the politics of it, but the ability to potentially manipulate Ukraine into doing our bidding, whether it's it's um, investigating uh, uh, the son of a political rival or anything else that we want Ukraine to do, the power that, that they have because of that is, is ultimately there because of money. And without money, the U.S. government would be essentially nothing, Right. And without the printing presses, the central bank, the U.S. government wouldn't be, it would have far, far less power than what it has today. Essentially, what I'm saying is that a gold and silver standard, by reining in central banks and the printing presses and their control over interest rates, would in turn rein in government. And ultimately, I think it would be a positive for people the world over, not only financially speaking, but just in terms of basic liberties and freedoms. A gold and silver standard would limit the ability of the U.S. to go overseas and start mindless wars. A a gold and silver standard would put a, a limit on a central bank's ability to manipulate the economy based on whose is or isn't in office or what party is or isn't in office. A gold and silver currency, to some extent, would negate all of these currency wars that we're always seeing between the euro and the dollar and the yuan and the yen and the pound, etc. There's a lot of benefits to it beyond just our own personal financial benefit because silver and gold would would probably go up in price in in such a, a situation. But yes, I do want to talk quickly about why there is some reason to be hopeful, right? First of all, I think that there is a reason that countries like China or Russia in particular, those are the two ones that I tend to to zero in on, there's a reason that they are piling up so much gold. It's because they want to use it in one way or another in the future. I mean, Russia, relative to their currency and the size of their economy, has a very large pile of gold. Okay, China has a massive pile of gold. that, uh, And that's just what we know of, right? Many people have said going back generations, generations, hundreds, hundreds of years, China's been accumulating gold 
that largely hasn't left their, their borders, right, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I think there's a reason behind that. Gold and silver, silver is not bought as often by, by governments these days, lends itself to a certain level of, of stability. Now, I mean, this is by no means a, a pro-China statement or pro-Russia statement. Obviously not a fan of especially the Chinese government and, and their, their, the lack of, of freedoms and liberties that they um, allow in, in their country. Uh, they're, they're clamped down on those freedoms. But what I can say is that them stockpiling all that gold is, is a savvy move. And I think they're doing it for a reason. I'm just not necessarily ready to jump to the conclusion that they are making uh, some sort of a gold standard from it. That they're going to, at some point in the future, back their currency with gold. I think it's just going to lend itself to a lot of financial and ultimately, I think, national or governmental stability in the future should they be caught up in some sort of a global uh, financial crisis, right? They are buying it for a reason. So is Russia. It lends itself to de-dollarization and financial stability. Don't necessarily think that that means that they're going to make a gold or silver back to yuan or ruble, okay? However, there I have been comments in the past, I think it was the Dutch uh, Central Bank, uh, not so long ago, a couple months ago, was was talking about you know why do central banks hold gold, and their answer is is a couple different reasons. But one of them was when everything falls apart, let's say reset. I think that might have been the term that they used, or that that gold would be incredibly incredibly valuable in such a reset. Now they're not saying a gold backed currency, but they're saying that that gold would be pretty useful to have in in such a period of time, right? Um, and so I think there is reason that when you see these countries stockpiling gold, uh, to believe that gold is going to play a huge role in the next crisis. It's going to play a role, this very same role that it does for us individuals as a hedge, as, as a way to, to protect ourselves in this country, or in this case, protect these countries and their financial system and their government, right? It's going to play a huge role. Uh, remember, I mean, the, the, the current war that we're fighting with China is, is obviously not a hot war. It's largely fought on the, on the, uh, in the realm of, of finances and trade and tariffs and intelligence, right? And, and I think the same thing is true the next time around, regardless if we get in a hot war with China, which would be just insane. Um, it's going to be still fought on the fields of, of the financial system, right? And if China has that buffer in the form of physical gold, if Russia has that buffer in the form of physical gold, then they put themselves in a, in a pretty decent financial position. Same thing goes for if, if at some point in the future, the U.S. dollar sees a very inflationary period. We can call it a collapse if you want hyperinflation or something. Well, that's going to put Russia and China in a pretty good spot because they're going to be very much so insulated from that. Even if their currencies um, sort of catch the cold from from the the U.S. dollar, uh, they have a lot of gold backing it. In in theory, not obviously actually convertible. So there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. And like I said, um, it it doesn't matter fully. Like we don't need to be bullish on silver and gold and also believe that we're going to see a gold and silver standard in the future. 
that's not at all necessary, right? I think there's a lot of reasons to believe that gold and silver will do very well, whether it's because of the utility that it'll play for countries the world over in the next crisis, or because of the dozens of other storylines, dozens of other reasons to be generally bullish on silver and gold, whether it's supply and demand reasons, uh, because of, of various bubbles in, in the bond market, the stock market, uh, uh, currencies, you name it. Um, it's been called the everything bubble for a reason. There's plenty of reasons to be bullish without necessarily jumping to the, again, the, the holy grail of a of a metallic standard or bimetallic standard. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this down below in the comment section. What are your what's your take on it? Do do you think that something like this is not just possible because yeah, I think it's possible, but do you think it's likely? Do you think that that's the plan? And if not, then why are you holding silver and gold? I already told you my reasons, but why are you holding silver and gold? As always, if you want to support me on a regular basis. Uh, the best way to do that is something you've already done, and that is tune into today's podcast. But if you want to go above and beyond, you certainly can like and comment. Those things help me out a ton. Subscribe. And if you already are subscribed, hit that uh, bell for notifications so that you can get notified each time I upload uh, my, my next episode. Um, if you want to go above and beyond, you also can support me on a monthly basis through Patreon where you get uh, many different benefits, including access to my once-weekly Patreon-exclusive podcast. But again, as always, I'd like to just say thank you for tuning in in the first place. That's the most I can ask of you, and I'm very thankful to have the audience that I do. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing just that, and God bless.